in the opening scripture Psalm 68 1 to 5 Psalm 68 1 to 5 a very popular portion of scripture we quote almost every time let God arise let his enemies be scattered let them also that hate him flee before him as smoke is driven away so drive them away as wax melteth before the fire so let the wicked perish at the presence of God but let the righteous be glad let them rejoice before God yea let them exceedingly rejoice sing unto God sing praises to his name extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name Jah and rejoice before him a father of the fatherless a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation can I hear somebody say amen to that shall we take our seats God bless you let God arise let God arise tell somebody let God arise oh come on look at somebody and tell him let God arise upon you and your family tell him let God arise upon your business tell him let God arise upon your finances tell him let God arise upon your household put your hands together for the Lord Jesus let God arise This word, let God arise, is a common mode of calling upon God in the scriptures. In the scriptures, one of the common ways of which people call upon God is to say, let God arise. Especially when they are calling upon him to intervene or interpose in a matter or in a, in a deal. But it always presupposes as if God was sitting still and had been inactive. So when you go into Psalm 3, the verse 7, it says it, Arise, O God. Numbers 10, 35, it says it, Rise up, Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the verse 41. Now therefore, arise, O Lord God. So it's a common way by which in Scripture, they call on God. But like I said, as if he's sitting still and uh, has been inactive. It is, of course, a language taken from human conception. There are many things in the Bible when you hear, when the Bible says that he will cover us with his feathers. Does that mean God is a hen? No. It's human conceptions. The Bible uses a lot of human conceptions to let us see what God can do. So God hasn't got feathers to cover us. But the Bible says he will cover us with his feathers. Under his wings shall we trust. So there are human conceptions, the way we see things, the way we do things. For example, when we sing a song and we say, how old, what is that song? God is, how old? I'm on that song. I don't know why it has escaped me. Of days, a 
ancient of days, as old as you are, as old as you are. God doesn't grow old. But human conceptions, we use that to, to, to be able to say God is everlasting. So it is allowed. That's why the scriptures can see under his wings as if God has feathers. So when we sing as old as we are, what we are saying is that God has been there. But the truth is, God doesn't grow old. Alright? So I'm just using to explain this thing, let God arise. God is not still. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. So to tell him to arise is only a human conception way, way of trying to say, God, come into the matter. Step into my issues. But it does not mean that God is aloof. He's sitting somewhere unconcerned. Or he's not worried. Or he's not thinking about you. Or he's sleeping. It doesn't. So, I want you to understand that. When we say that we are talking about God coming in to engage. God, it is time for you to step in. God, it is time for you to intervene. It is time for you to come into the matter. We want you to arise and show yourself strong. It is time for you to come in. So the idea here in this psalm we read it's simply that David now calls upon God to step in or to intervene on his behalf to deliver him. That is what David is talking about. So let God arise simply means God come in now. Step in now. We want to see you in now. That is what it means. And in the journey of every believer, Christian, Anybody who believes in God and has committed his life to Christ, in the journey here on earth, you will always come to a place where let God arise will be your prayer. Because many times we come into situations, we come into difficulties, we come into challenges, we come into certain kinds of things that are beyond us. And all we can say is that Lord arise. Lord arise. So every believer will once a while sometimes come to the place where like David, like Moses, like King Solomon when he was, he built a temple and they were offering. They said now Lord arise in this building. That means Lord it is time for you to show yourself in this building when your people come. Can I hear somebody say Amen. Bible reveals three major ways by which God arises over his own people. Three major ways. Bible reveals three major ways by which God arises over his own people. And I'm interested in only one of them. But I'll tell you what the other two are. The first two are. The first one is by what I call the divine timing with God's favor. The divine timing with God's favor. In that case, God, God's time, God is sovereign. He chooses his time. When his time is up, he comes towards a man with his favor 
and intervenes or does what he has to do in your life. That is the first one. And uh, we, we always see that Exodus chapter 3, the verse 7 and 8, when he called Moses, he called Moses at the burning bush and he said, uh, he said, the Lord said, I have surely seen the afflictions of my people which are in Egypt and I've heard their cry by reason of their tax master, for I know their sorrow and I am come down to deliver them out of them. So here we can see the divine timing when God's favor comes. So here he just looks at the people. The time is up. I must go and deliver my people. I pray that God will show you his favor at the divine moment of his time. There are many things sometimes we are going through. You may be thinking God is not thinking, but God is thinking about you. And at the appropriate time, he will visit you with his, with his favor. Can I hear someone say amen? And I pray that your, his favor will come upon you in your family, in your, in your marriage. And uh, uh, Pastor Charles and his wife, Gladys, that you see many of such good favors of God as you grow up in life. In life, it comes like that. And it doesn't mean God has forgotten you, but he's thinking about you. And at the appointed time, when he himself has, he brings his favor. That is why every believer must learn to trust and continue to hold on God, no matter what you are going through. That is not a time to throw in the towel and say, I'm done. Amen? It is not. If you do that, you may get involved into something which is not very good. And when you allow it to happen, when you start questioning things, these days, one of my concerns is that the Christians of today, they don't know how to endure. Endurance is part of our calling. Because of this fact, God is divine. God is sovereign. He will come in at the time he wants to come in. That does not mean he has forgotten you. That does not mean your prayers are not being answered. That does not mean that God is not seeing what you are going through. Am I talking to somebody at all? You hold on. At the appropriate time, God himself will come in with his favor upon your life. And I pray that God will visit somebody with his favor this morning and show you kindness so that you will know that he's there. But whilst we are waiting for his divine time, please hold on. We had a very sad news this, this, this week, my wife and I from, from London. Uh, about one of my uh, pastor friends in, 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 in London who has a church I go to preach. And he has this young man who very committed. He drives me. He operates an Uber. Anywhere I'm going, when I call him, he leaves everything, he comes. I went this time, I didn't see him. I called the pastor, I said, but where is Joe? He said, Joe has left the church. I said, why? He said, his wife has left him. So he's also angry. He has left. And I said, no, let me talk to him. I tried to get this man to talk to him. Because he's a very nice young man. Only for me to hear this week that he finally committed suicide. When you don't know how to endure, that's where Satan pushes you to. This is a good Christian I know. But look at what he has done. Endurance is part of it. Listen to me. God has his time. The Bible says he does all things beautiful in his time. Not in your time. Anything God does in your time is not beautiful. That is why we have done things in our own time. And then the things that we did in our own time are not working for us. But when God's time comes. I say when God's time comes. I say when God's time comes. 
I said, when God's time comes, Gladys, God's time. God's time has come for you. Beautiful. Open them. What can you say? Where are you going with it? Look at how beautiful it is. The divine timing with favor, God does it. And that one, you may not even have to pray. I, I remember the Bible says Saul was persecuting the church, tormenting the church. They put the church in flight, everybody. People were, when they hear of him, they run. When the time came and the favor of God appeared, he was on his way to Damascus when God appeared there. May the Lord appear to you at the favorable time. May you not rush. May you not give up. May you not, not sorrow too much. May you learn how to hold on until God comes because he will surely come. Am I talking to somebody? I said God will surely come. He will surely visit you. He will surely do something. I encourage you, hold on. Tell somebody, hold on. God has his timing and his favor will come upon you. The second way by which God arises on us it's through prayer. The kind of prayer that brings God into the scene. There are some kind of prayer. You pray, God comes. That is the type uh, David is praying now. Let God arise. He's calling him to come. Sometimes you go before God and you call upon him. And then he comes. Amen. And he comes. God comes in those kind of things. Amen? Through prayer, he comes. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, from the verse 29 to 31, that when the church was being threatened, and they called them and threatened them not to preach the gospel, he threatened them and said, if you preach in the name of Jesus again, you see what we'll do to you. They went back. When they released them from prison, they went back, entered into a room, locked themselves, and they started crying and talking to God. God, listen to what they are saying. Behold, they are threatened. And the Bible says, and now, Lord, they said in from the verse 29, and Lord, no, behold your threatenings, and grant unto thy servant that with all boldness they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they speak the word of God with boldness. God came in. When they prayed, God came. The believer, Christian, listen to me. Every Christian must know this. Every believer must know this. Your first point of acting on any situation you are in is for you to go on your knees and pray. If you have not prayed, if you have not prayed, you have no reason to say God is not working. What have you done? You have not prayed. So why are you saying God is not working? If you have not prayed, you can't say God didn't, God is not coming. You need to spend some time on your knees and pray. God has a way he will speak to you. Listen, I like the way Jesus, Jesus, our master, when he was about to face the cross and it was hard for him, the Bible says he went to Gethsemane, took the disciples to go and pray with him. 
When the disciples slept, he went and prayed himself. Listen, you are always depending on people to pray for you when you yourself you have not prayed. Oh, I, know, I don't know who I'm talking to. Did you pray? Pray yourself. You have not prayed. All you have been doing is crying and complaining. But your first point of action when things are not going the way you should go is to go on your knees as an individual and talk to God 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 and once you are talking to God God is hearing and at the appropriate time he will show himself you are not talking to God you are talking to human beings sharing your problem like Yoko Gari am I talking to somebody that's the second way God arises pray Talk to God. Ask God. Tell him. And listen to me. Jesus, how many times did he go on prayer? Three times. The Bible said he went, prayed for one hour, came back. When he came, the prayer warriors he had brought to come and help him, support, support him. They had all fallen asleep. He left them there, went back again. And I'm sure another one hour. How long have you prayed and you are complaining? This matter, I don't know what to do. God has not done anything about it. Pastor, hmm, this is our problem. We don't know what to do. That's why you should call on God. Listen to me. Can I tell you this? Anything you have not prayed on before, yourself, don't share it with any man. Go on your knees. is a weapon God has given to us. Prayer is a weapon. Ah, now we are the two No You don't know. You you can't shoot. Prayer is a weapon. You have not prayed, and you are sharing your problems. And some of the people you are sharing the problems and say they should pray for you. Anything you have not prayed for on yourself. When pe people are praying for you, they are not supporting you. People are supposed to support you in prayer, not to carry your prayer. I don't know who I'm talking to. You don't understand me. By the time, I'm not saying don't call people. Jesus called people to pray for him. Paul said, pray for me. Every pastor, every time, people know, there are people here. I call them and say, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. When my hand was not well, my pastors came together in my office. I've been praying but they came together in my office and prayed for me and laid hands and, and put anointing oil on it. Led by Commander Chas and Pastor Connie. They came and surrounded me. I'm the head pastor. I put it back. They laid hands. I held their hands. They came and stood. I held their hands and put in my head. Who doesn't need prayer? We need prayer. But have you yourself prayed? You see, these days we are having some kind of Christianity which does not represent what God has commanded us to do. Let me go up so that this noise will cease. When I'm coming down, they know what to do. God, they know I won't stay here. Amen. You need to pray first. You need to be on your knees. You need to rise up early and commit it to God. You need to talk to God about it. Then you can tell others to support you in prayer. Am I talking to somebody at all? So Jesus went to pray. And I like the Luke account. In the Luke account, 
Luke account 22, 39 to 43. Luke chapter 22, 39 to 43. The Bible says, when he went and prayed, angels, say angels, were sent down to minister unto him. Luke is the only person that added the angelic ministration. That means God came down. He sent angels to minister to him. That's why Jesus could get up and say, now let's go. I'm ready to face it. Whatever will happen, let it happen. You know, sometimes you don't understand that when you pray, some things happen. There is no prayer. You have genuinely prayed, which God didn't do something. He might not have taken the problem away, but he might have given you some grace that will keep you in that thing so that you will be a testimony at the end of the day for his glory. Am I talking to somebody? Listen, you are praying because you need money to pay your child's school fees. That's all right. And you are hemmed in. God may not give you the money, but he can tell the school, postpone the payment for the woman. Let the child come in. You don't see that as an answer because we're scan and not pay. When he talks to the authority, touch it. The heart of a king is in the hands of the Lord. He just took the headmaster and spoke to him and said, That's all. That is a prayer answer. But you know, you went there expecting money. You see? It's not money that does everything God will have to do. Amen. A certain man came to me with his, with his child for school fees. I met the child somewhere, so he came with the child. Because I wanted to help the girl, I decided to call the father. And the father came. Plenty. I can't do all. No, 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 I can't. There's no way I could have paid all. So I prayed, and I gave him part. Later, he sent me a text and said, Pastor, the day you released the part to us, another person I don't know somewhere called me and said he had heard of my plight and also gave us the rest. You see, let me tell you, God has a way he handles things. So go to him and pray. Am I, am I talking to somebody? And when you pray, God comes through. Now, the third way by which we can let God arise is where I'm going to stay a little bit. I call that the manifestation of the word of faith. Say word of faith. Come on, shout word of faith. Come on, shout the word of faith. Come on, shout the word of faith. There is a manifestation of the word of it. Let me give you the principle, a certain biblical principle about the word. There is a biblical principle of the word. Every word which is backed by faith produces a manifestation. It produces a result. It produces a creative miracle. Every word of God you find. When it comes now, when we say the word of faith, I will explain what the word of faith is. Because last week we talked about the word of grace. Eh? Now and we are talking about the word of faith. I will, I will explain to you what the word of faith is. The word of faith. Every word which is the word of faith is it is it has power to create something you expect it can manifest in something 
it can produce a result. That word, which is just simply in the Bible, and you took, because it is the word of faith, listen to me, it creates, it makes to happen. It is able to, 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 to produce a result, a substance. It produces something sometimes which is tangible, which can be real. Every word of it produces. Amen. Let me explain to you what the word of faith is. Romans chapter 10, the verse 6 to 8. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy heart, who shall ascend into the heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ, to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth in, and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. When we say God arise, don't say who will go up and bring him or who will go down and bring him. But there's a way you can bring him. The word of faith is ninety. It's in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith is that word which is in your mouth to speak. Which blows, comes from your heart to speak. You see, any believer that finds a word which comes either from your heart and you begin to speak it, it is called the word of faith. The word of faith is spoken and it does things. When you, when, 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 you come to church and they are preaching and they start praying for the sick and they say you are healed receive your healing from the crown of your head that 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 it is the word of faith we are speaking now it goes in and heals people is that not it it goes in and creates the healing the word of faith is spoken the word of faith is not put in the mind it comes from the heart it goes deep into your heart and you speak it that is the word of faith Every believer who puts a, finds a certain word you put in your mouth and you speak it, that is the word of faith. And listen to me. Every word of faith manifests something else. It produces a result. And that's the way God has made it. That's what the Bible says in John chapter 1, the verse 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The word is the one that created everything. Then he said in the verse 14, and the word became what? Flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So in the beginning, and that word was the one God spoke and created everything. That is that word. Word of faith creates. It creates, it brings into existence. It, it, it brings results. It effects a change. So God spoke that word and everything was created. That same word became flesh, manifested itself for us to be able to see the glory and of God. 
For us to see the glory of God, that word must become what? May every word in your mouth become what you want to see. Become the glory you want to experience. Bring the grace you want to experience. Am I talking to somebody? The problem is when you don't know that you have this word in your mouth to speak it, every situation you speak against, it shall come to pass. Amen. Your mouth is the missile. The missile launcher. And it launches the word. The word is the missile. Powerful missile. But your mouth is the missile what? Missile launcher. When you say witches are bound, they are bound. The Bible says, whatsoever you shall bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth is loose in heaven. If you don't speak, nothing happens. There are believers who easily cry. And I, I always joke and say, if God was looking at only tears, where do we have wars now? What's that? Nehemiah, eh? where they are. That's where he would be. God would have been there. But that's where children are crying. Thank God. But God doesn't look at that. What I'm saying is that sometimes, people and change the things you want to see keep speaking that's somebody keep speaking listen there is no situation that cannot change if the word of faith is in your mouth this morning I prayed some prayer I said Lord put the spirit of prophecy upon me so that anything that I speak will be a testimony of Jesus Christ faith is nigh thee that word is in your mouth and in your heart the word which we preach when we preach the word is the word of faith that's why people get saved that's why people's lives are changed that's why people's lives, marriages are blessed that's why people's blessings come that's why people are changed that's why people are cleansed why because we speak the word of faith when you speak the word of faith, it goes out and begins to do what it must do. The word of God has power in itself to accomplish. Amen. Amen. When the prophet said, tomorrow by this time. Tomorrow by this time. It came to pass. You know what happened? When he spoke, the word went. The word he spoke went to look for how to make it tomorrow by this time. And I'm sure the word roamed in the city. When he roamed in the city, he couldn't find anybody. Because all of them were timid. They were sitting there. Nobody would go out. Then he went outside and saw four lepers sitting down. He said, these people, if I come upon them, something will happen. So I believe that the word that they spoke was what went out and found the four lepers. And when the word found the four lepers, the four lepers were quickly, they were ready, they, they, they were ready to die. All that be died. So they said, you see, the people in the city were afraid of death. When you speak a word, it goes to find how it would fulfill the purpose. Finally, he found the four lepers who were ready to die. Oh, see, that he said, we all die be died. Then the word said, these are the right people. That is why when the four lepers found the food, they said, 
this food doesn't belong to us. You didn't get it. They ate. Then they sat down. Then the well reminded them, this food was not for you. It is for the people in the city because the prophecy came upon the people in the city. So they said, we are not doing well. We have to go and tell them. I'm sure the word reminded them. Please, the food you are eating is not yours. It's for the people. Go and tell them. Listen to me. Any word you speak will not fall to the ground. Change the situation by speaking. Sometimes the language believers speak is the problem we have. What do you say? Amen. But the word of faith brings God into the scene. It makes God create. You know why? Because the word you are speaking is a creative word. It has power to create. It has power to heal. It has power to save. It has power to deliver. It has power to bless. That word we are speaking can create, can change, can bind. It can stop the devil. It can stop the devil. It can find the person you need to come and help you. That word can go and look for the man who can bless you to come and bless you without anything. That word can. That word can. My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 22. My son, incline thy ear to my word. Keep them in your heart. Don't let them depart. Keep saying it. He said, whoever finds it, it is life to him. One of the things we must learn to do as Christians is to carry the word of God like we are carrying a precious thing in our lives. Because let me tell you, God's word. Look at the way, I, I, I like the way he said, he says, <laughs> For they are life. That's the word of God. They are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. This morning, listen to me. May you receive life and life abundant by the word of the living God. May your health speed up quickly. May the devil take off his hand from your body. May you receive healing from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Any disease in your organ will command it to ab be aborted in the name of Jesus. May God touch your body and quicken you. May you receive a revival in your body. 
May you be stronger than you ever thought you would be. Receive it in the name of Jesus. They are life to those that find them. And health to all their flesh. One of the scriptures I like so much about the word of God is Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 12 and 13. For the word of God is quick. That word quick means it's alive. Say the word of God is alive. Come and shout the word of God is alive. Listen, in the situation you are in, keep speaking the word. The word is alive. But I'll show you why it's better to speak the word than to send a man. For the word of God is quick, it's alive and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Let me ask you a question. What two-edged sword do you have? Everybody must have his, 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 his two-edged sword. Don't take somebody's sword. Take your own sword. Find a certain word which is yours. You see, as a Christian, if you want to learn to change things around you, find some words that are yours. They are in your heart. You keep them. When trouble comes, you release them. That's your sword. Let me tell you a story that may enlighten you. Sometimes, some people can tell you, can write scriptures for you when you are in trouble and give it to you. That's good. But you know what they gave you? If you don't make it your own, it doesn't work for you. Every time you can take the Bible. You must learn to keep certain words for yourself. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I condemn it. This one, I'm not going to sit down and open Bible and look at it. Keep some. Let me tell you a story. I remember this story. My uncle used to work at Kwadasu Agri College. He was the animal husbandry keeper. Agri Wapotin. And he used to keep the animals. They used to, Kwadasu Agri College used to have the farm properly set. So during Christmas, Easter, some of the workers come to buy sheep, goats, and things like that. They had cattle and everything, the fowls, everything. But when they buy them, they don't know how to kill them, especially sadness. They didn't know how to kill goats. It's now they know how to kill goats. Those years, they didn't know how to kill goats. But when they kill it, they don't even know how to cut it. So they will call my uncle to kill it. And because he had made him, my uncle will call his younger brother, who was a Muslim. And then he will come, slaughter it, and then help him. They do. When they also do, they have some parts. A year came. Every year they do that for them. One year. One of the masters said, oh. Let's all do it. Let's do our thing. So my uncle said, oh, that's okay. So he brought them the thing. Then they said, oh, after the killing, you should kill for them. He killed for them. And then my uncle called his brother and said, let's go. Then they called my, the brother and said, can you give us your cutlass? And he gave them the cutlass. This is a Muslim who has a cutlass two-edged. 
He gave it to these people. They did everything and finished. The man who said they would do it themselves, then they said, people said, see, this is, oh, Fabra. Then he hit the knife, palm. When he hit the knife and he entered, he lifted out his hand to hit it. Then my uncle saw it from us. Hey, man, 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 man. So there was a statement like that. That's how I got to know. When the teachers come, they say, hey, man, 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 man. Then he will shout, man. So I said, what is that? Then he told me the story. That was, it was this in there. Hey, man, man, man. He hit the hand. He didn't know it was two edges. So he hit it, bam, and then lifted it up. Blood spit. They left the meat. They put that thing in the fridge. None of them could eat it. They carried this man to hospital. He was there for. He had cut off his hands. Because he hit it with force. When you try to use a double-edged sword, which is not yours. Some of you Christians, there is no word in you. When the devil comes, then you call head kill. The word that the other day, the, the Bible, they pre, uh, uh, what verse did Connect quote? Can you remind me? Two, two edges sword. I know you understand? Listen, one of the ways to change your situation is to have certain word. I shall not die, but I shall live to declare the works of God. And you are saying it, and it is coming from your inside. The word of faith. I like Bishop Oyedipo. He said in 1983, 1983, he took Kenneth Copeland's book and uh, T.L. Osborne's book and decided to go and hide somewhere for three days fasting and prayer in the bush. They drove him somewhere and he started to walk into the bush. He got to the place, a certain place. He saw a big tree. He said, oh, this place is shady. I can lie here. He cleared the place. Spread up some rub, rubber bag, put a, a, what do you call it? Blanket on it. He said when he sat down, a big snake fell from the tree. Bang! He said God must be here. Otherwise serpent won't appear here. <laughs> no, he said God must be here. Otherwise serpent won't appear here. What would we have done? Oh, Tilo. <laughs> he said in the Garden of Eden, when God was there with them, that was why serpent appeared. And he remained there. He read. He said that day, he caught a word. When he read the scripture, he has been reading it, but he read it that day. Though he was rich, Yet for my sake, he became poor. That I, through his poverty, will be rich. He said, he got up, he shouted, I can never be poor again. He shouted, he said, I can never be poor in my life. And that defined, you know, a lot of people see how his ministry are blessed. And we have all kinds of stories. You, you don't know the word the man is saying. 
word of faith brings God into your life. It makes God arise in your situation. So no matter what you have, keep some word in you. Amen. It's quick and powerful. Sharper than any two edges. So, dividing ascender. Soul and spirit. The word knows how to divide it. You see, that is why I said the most reliable thing to send. Let me use the word thing to send now. Is the word. If I send this man to go and do something for me, he may do it. And he may get me the results I want. But there is another thing he may not be able to get for me. Because the word of God is the only one that can enter into that place. Sharper than any two edges. So, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Soul and spirit, how do we know that? Yet he knows how to divide it. Turn off bone and marrow. Bone and marrow, flesh. He knows how to. He knows how to go and deal with it. So when you speak the word of God over your body, eh, he knows how to go and divide it without any problem. And he says, and it is a designer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That means when you send it, it already knows your boss's mind before the word gets there. By the time it's getting, it knows the heart of your boss. It knows the mind of your boss. So he knows what to do. Is the one you can trust. If there is a thing you and me can trust in this life, and we can depend on, and we can hold on, and we can stand on, it is the word of God. It's the word of God. We should depend on it. We should stand on it. We should believe it. You can trust the word more than any other thing in your life. Anything. I said anything. You can trust the word more than anything. So, speaking the word of faith is a way that God comes into your situation. It brings God. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. I said no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you, we condemn it in the name of the Lord Jesus. You are free to live your life to the glory and honor of God. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. <laughs> but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripe, or with his stripes, we are healed. <laughs> Devil, take your sickness away from my body. For by his stripes, I am healed. Say to the righteous, it shall be well with him. For they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Isaiah 3.10 Many years ago, I went to war to preach. As a young student, I finished school, university, and I went there to preach. That's where I come from. 
I saw things. I kept asking myself, will these things change? I saw believers, simple believers, who was they were people who were believing God, yet poverty was written all over their face. When I look at them and I come to Accra and come and preach, I come to Kumasi and preach, I go back and I say, Lord, so when will my people also be like the people I go and see? It's terrible. One day the Lord woke me up and showed me this scripture. He said, say to the righteous, it shall be well with him, for they shall eat of the fruit of their hands. So every time I look at them, I say, it shall be well with you. 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 I kept saying it shall be well with you. That is how the disco and co all were made. That's how they were all made. It shall be well with you. 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 It shall be I kept saying it shall be well with you. Doc, I have to be saying it. When I finish church, I look at them and say, it shall be well with you. Then they shout, amen. Say, it shall be well with you. They shout, amen. The following day, they, come, they still come with their slippers. And the ones that used to challenge me were the old ladies who would come in Ali and Dauda. Blue and green. Slippers. Then they walk and you can see this woman. They believe they are coming. They get to the church before everybody. I said, it shall be well with you. I said, may it be well with somebody that is sitting here. It shall be well with you. You will eat of the fruit of your labor. You will labor for somebody to come and eat it. It shall be well with you. It shall be well with your family. It shall be well with your business. It shall be well with your children. It shall be well with your husband. It shall be well with your wife. Just you and Gladys, it shall be well with you. You are beginning humbly. But it shall be well with you. God will go before you and make things happen for you. You will eat of the fruit of your labor. Can I hear somebody shout amen? There is no weapon that is formed against you that will prosper. I said I declare there is no weapon that is formed against you that will prosper. Anybody who dug a pit for you to fall in, he will fall inside himself. I declare it. May the person fall in the pit. May the people who entered places to speak against you, may they come back and apologize and ask you to bless them. May the people who thought by now you should be wearing rags, may they look at you and come back to you and say, what is your secret? Receive that blessing in the name of Jesus. When we declare, God honors it. Say to the righteous, it shall be well with you. And he shall eat of the labor of the fruit of his labor. Amen. Listen, you will eat of the fruit of your labor. You will not labor for somebody to come and eat. Anybody who thought that he was going to eat your labor, the person will vomit it out. He will pay it back seven times. Oh, because I know sometimes there are wicked people who do that. But I command them to come and pay back to you seven times. Seven times they will pay it back. Seven times they will pay it back. Seven times they will pay it back. Seven times.